This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, February 18th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who's willing to involve his own personal TikTok account if it means BYU football winning uniform of the year, Jerem Jordan. I do have a TikTok, but uh, BYU football posted on TikTok... uh, about the black unis. It's a bunch of dudes, I assume from equipment, with Jack DeMooney, uh, you know, doing some uh, lip sync and dancing to try and get the black uni as the uniform of the year. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't even think this is BYU's best uni, uh, but it is up for uni of the year, which is cool. Jack DeMooney, I, I, I couldn't envision a person that is more suited to do something like this within the BYU football staff. Oh, yeah, he's ready to go. <laughs> Jack's like us. He lives in the past, you know, like in the uh, 80s and 90s. And uh, I'm still living in like 06. So, yeah. I loved Zach Wilson's reaction because they tweeted out. Zach said, hey, can we get a retweet for this? And he just said, wow. <laughs> a bunch of laughing emojis, which is the proper response. I believe uh, the first response I saw to Zach was, I can't unsee this and I want to. You know what? He tweeted that? No, somebody tweeted at Zach oh. that response. So... Oh, I'm all for it. Zach, they're wearing number one. They got Zach Wilson's jersey on. I didn't know there were that many black number one jerseys. <laughs> That's what I learned. And then I was like, there are like five? Depends on the size of the quarterback, I guess. equipment, they can uh, manufacture what they want. They have everything, man. Hey, we've got a number one show lineup for you today, including Zach's former head football coach, Kalani Satake, on the program. Let's discuss the quarterback situation with Zach Wilson gone. When are they going to name a starter We'll ask him. Plus, Deep Blue with BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Feger. Dude has impacted a ton of people. It's getting some fantastic run on social media, and rightfully so. Plus, our prop picks for BYU's contest against Pacific. Hey, remember when BYU basketball played games, Jerem? I don't. They got a game tonight. Eh, we'll see. We hope. They do tonight? In Stockton. Oh, that's great. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Ball nine Stockton, Cougs play at Pacific. In theory, Cougs pregame live gets going at 7 Eastern on BYU Radio with Shep in the first meeting BYU won in double OT. Vegas says BYU by five and a half. I only joke in the in theory because we've had a game day cancellation before. So hopefully this game happens. Hopefully a bunch of games happen. This isn't San Diego, okay? It's worse. It's Stockton. <laughs> Citywide, yes. There's a lot of truth to that. BYU women's basketball in the Marriott Center tonight in what may be the game of the year hosting 16th ranked Gonzaga. The number one and number two teams in the West Coast Conference will line it up. You can watch it streamed on BYU TV's app at 8 Eastern. Women's basketball was also named the NCAA Team of the Week after dominating a trio of road games last week. Team of the Week, that's awesome. Number 12 women's volleyball swept LMU going plus 12 in the match, led by 11 aces, four from Taylor Hefo, who is as deadly from the service line as her husband Aleva was in the open field as a receiver. Taylor Ballard-Nixon and Kate Grimmer both had 10-plus skills and hit north of 400. Number one-ranked BYU men's volleyball will host the 10th-ranked Lopes of Grand Canyon tonight. As Cougars in, in the Lopes. As in antelopes. 9 Eastern in the Smithfield House. Watch live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app with my good friend Jerem Jordan and Steve Vale on the call. So we got a doubleheader. So it's just on the BYU TV app. By the way. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But, um, yeah, two games on the app tonight and two big ones. 
Two big ones. Let's go. And BYU men's basketball also playing concurrently with that as well. Triple screen experience. Yes. It won't run into women's hoops, but it will run into volleyball. Yeah. Just have all of the screens going. Six mountain and then seven mountain volleyball. Yeah. And the whole deal. Yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Who's number one? Eric Galco, the president of Optimum Scouting and NFL Draft Insider, has added his opinion and vote to one Zach Wilson going number one in the NFL Draft. His opinion joins former ESPN NFL insider Mark Schlereth recently and longtime football analyst Joe Theismann. Even Urban Meyer, the now head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, before he was in that position, said Zach Wilson may just deserve the number one spot. Jerem, is it time to start seriously talking about Zach Wilson being drafted number one overall? Let me coach you through how this works, everybody. The pendulum swings um, if, before the draft. So, whoa, what are the great things? Maybe you should go number one. And, and it's... It actually started on the negative, which was, oh, maybe Zach's not one of the best quarterbacks in the draft because he wasn't even a captain at BYU. There, there would just be this evaluation period, right? You can go to the Iring Science Center. Do they still have the pendulum there? Is it still there? Yeah. Okay. So you can watch that and just think, Zach Wilson, number one. Zach Wilson, fifth best quarterback in the draft. Like, it, the pendulum will swing. I don't seriously think that Zach will be the number one pick, but it's fine if it's conversation. That's fun. Like, does he do? I said yesterday, he does some things better than Trevor Lawrence. He does. Some of those things are ball placement. I think footwork in the pocket. I think he's a good runner. I think Trevor Lawrence is a very good runner as well. Yep. Trevor has a six foot six frame, won a natty, went to a couple national championship games as well. He's played at a higher level. Now, was Zach Wilson afforded the same opportunity at BYU playing with the same kind of players, the same level, and the same kind of games? No. So Zach is intriguing that way. We kind of know what Trevor is, and he's really stinking good. Zach is interesting because he had a great year, didn't play a Power 5 schedule, but the way he played in those games was intriguing. So it makes sense that Zach would be discussed in this ilk. I don't think he will be, but he could be as high as number two. I know that a lot of people are really caught up in the look at who Trevor Lawrence played against and look at who Zach Wilson played against. But then there is also the argument, well, look who Trevor Lawrence is throwing to and handing the ball off to, and look who Zach Wilson is throwing to and handing the ball off to. Somewhat relative, right? Okay. So I'm not really so much into that argument. I'm just looking at the majority voice in all of this conversation. And I still feel like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all of the guys at the NFL Network are all in on Trevor Lawrence as number one and Zach Wilson as either the second or third best quarterback. So while it's nice to hear this and the numbers are growing, like, whoa, okay, so Zach's getting some more attention. It just makes me feel stronger that Zach is going to be for sure a top four pick at worst. If he doesn't go to the Jaguars, which – Right now, it's still a hot take that he's going to go yeah, number one hot. over Trevor Lawrence. Then he's going to go at number two to the Jets or whoever trades up to that pick. Or maybe three if someone trades up to that pick. Or fourth to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the pendulum for me right now, mentally, based on the regression to the mean rhetoric of all of the most l- prominent NFL voices, is that Zach is going to be for sure a top four pick and one of the the first three quarterbacks taken. And we're assuming the Jets and Falcons do and take do indeed take quarterback. Like they may not. Right. right. Um, but if they do, yeah, we think that 
you know, it's, it's Wilson or Fields. We still have pro days to get through. We still have interviews. We still have the combine. Whatever the combine um, is going to be yeah, for those and, individuals. And, a, and apparently they will go to Indianapolis. I don't think it's the physical part, but it's uh, in terms of performance, but it's everything else. And, uh, yeah, and, and in March, BYU is going to have a pro day. And it's, it's uh, going to be a fun exhibition of skill for a lot of guys. So, yeah, I, will he go number one? Probably not. No. Um, because Trevor is a proven commodity at the highest level of the game. There's it's, too much pressure. Like, there's no way Trevor doesn't go one. I just don't see it. There's too much pressure on the Jacksonville Jaguars general manager and head coach Urban Meyer to take Trevor Lawrence. If they don't take Trevor Lawrence, and I think it'd be weird if they they don't. take Zach Wilson and it doesn't go as planned. That whole franchise is going to implode. Like, even if Zach ends up being a better quarterback than Trevor at the next level, Trevor's still the right pick at one. Yes. Still the right because pick. Because of all of those factors, all the fans, obvious, and all yes. All the obvious choices, yeah. Okay, topic two, BYU at Pacific tonight. Cougars are 5-2 and two in Stockton since Pacific rejoined the league for the 2013-14 season. First matchup this season went to two overtimes, and uh, BYU sitting at 15-5, and five, two weeks left in the regular season. What are the consequences of a win and a loss tonight? The consequences of a win, Jerem, would be that BYU holds steady as an eight seed in the NCAA tournament or nine seed, depending on which bracket you're looking at. There's not a ton of room to grow for BYU because they're already in the top 30 or close to the top 30 in most of the important metrics. Those numbers will all hold steady if BYU wins on the road. Solid quadrant two victory against a capable Pacific team with a good coach and Damon Stoudemire. It, it would be a respectable Third best, road fourth win. Fourth best coach in the league. <laughs> Maybe fifth. The top coach, Lorenzo according Romar's to uh, the West Coast Conference higher-ups last year. Well, coach of the year, not top coach. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Coach that, of the year. That's different. Okay. <laughs> uh, however, if BYU loses this game, BYU has much more to lose than gain by beating Pacific on the road. They I just could, say you have COVID. I could see the Cougars dropping a couple of seed lines. Uh, taking a hit in net, maybe dropping five or six spots. They're still in the tournament, but then the margin of error becomes very, very small if BYU loses this game. Yeah, I, it, yeah. there's not a lot to gain. Um, and if BYU had nothing to gain, just say you have COVID and don't play this week. But <laughs> team ranking still has BYU with a 95% chance to make the tourney 85% at large. So still good. If BYU happened to lose this game, BYU would still be in the tourney. Yes. But all of a sudden, we're looking nervously at Lenardi's last eight every and day. And looking nervously at LMU, who quietly is only the third team in conference with a winning record right they, now. They haven't played a lot of the BYU. They haven't played BYU yet. That's part of the reason why. Um, yeah, they haven't played a tough schedule. Like St. Mary's has played the toughest schedule in the league. Two and four, fourth in the adjusted win percentage metric for the standings, which we talked about is, is a little weird. So, yeah, yeah, the loss, okay, now they're in the last eight probably. Win, it's like, all right, you kind of hold serve yes. there, eight, eight, nine seeds. So in the bigger picture, though, in the bigger picture, if BYU wins this game and beat LMU and beat Santa Clara. Now you can decide to maybe opt out of Vegas. Uh-huh. If exactly. you want but, then, then that conversation starts to gain some traction. Yes. And again, I'm hearing rumblings of, of you know, something interesting next week. We'll see. Nothing's been said. But it, so who knows who BYU plays next week. It may be different than what it is now. BYU just only has one game next week. Uh, BYU might have two. Who, like, they may have two. We'll see. If I'm the league, I'm trying to line up 
the best possible situation to get Gonzaga and BYU. Obviously, Gonzaga is going to be a one regardless. Like, they're not going to stumble. They'll just get in there as a one. And then BYU, it's like, we have to have BYU in. Again, it's a $1.7 million decision over the next six years for the league, the majority of which will go to BYU, but the league gets a share of that as well. So this is an important decision. Like, getting BYU in a great spot is important to the league. Like, getting a good extra game for BYU would be good. Now, remember, BYU... it's probably not going to play San Diego. San Francisco's still sitting there. That's top. That's a uh, you know top one twenty five team. And then St. Mary's is still sitting yeah. there. Is St. Mary's like, available? Is, is St. They're not, but they could always shake it up. We've seen that in different sports with COVID, where they've said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna mix this. And the league can do what the league wants. Clearly, because they the implemented a brand new metric to rank the Suddenly, teams. Yeah, where it's like, what is this? We will do this, and you will get in line. Yes, um, I. Typically, I'm nervous about this game tonight, and given how the first game happened, we should be, but I think BYU learned some valuable lessons there. Also, I don't think Pacific is going to make 18 threes in this game. I just don't. <laughs> like, I, think, I think BYU will indeed uh, cover, which will Hopefully BYU later. runs Pacific off the three-point line and forces the Tigers to beat them in different ways. Yeah, like make what's called a two-point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which BYU happens to do very well. It's a little season. closer than a three, just so you know. Your BYU basketball resume update has the Cougars at 29 in the net rankings. Still number 31 in the Ken Palm metric. Down two in the ESPN basketball power index to 33. KPI 21. Strength of record 27. And down three to number 29 in the Sagarin ratings. It's been the same. It feels like it's been the same for the last two weeks. It's been so, so similar in COVID and whatnot that I don't. I'm trying to. St- I'm engaged with the season, of course, but this has been one of the like most bland seasons ever. Even though it's going really well for BYU, I don't know. It's probably days between games. Ten can- days between cancellations. games. Cancellations. It's happened a couple times that BYU has been comfortably in. There's not been like a ton of drama, which is a good thing. Like just that consistency for BYU has been awesome. But I'm like, can we just get to the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament? Like, I enjoy the journey. But I trust me, at the beginning of the week, I'm not stoked when I'm going, dude, Pacific and LMU, let's go, baby. Yeah, the guys, however, <laughs> care after not being able to play a game, are understandably feeling that way. Yes, would, we I have to play so. somebody. They, they are paid. They are paid to play. I'm paid <laughs> to talk. And I, when my voice goes, hi. The bigger picture, hey, BYU runs the table, wins a couple games in Vegas, Gonzaga doesn't go, they take the tournament, then maybe they're a seven seed. Now that's exciting. So let's go. Let's start with a win against Pacific and, and see where it goes from there. Our question of the day, back to BYU football. Is it time to start talking about Zach Wilson as the number one pick in the NFL draft? This based on now a growing number of opinions from NFL so-called experts that Wilson is – a better overall polished quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. It's wild that we are asking this question. Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Ben Peterson on Twitter. He answers, no. You always hear a lot of rumors around the draft. Most of it is misinformation. I hope Zach goes to a good team that can help him develop. I think that is more important than going number one. Although going number one is kind of cool, let's be honest. Okay, coming up next, Kalani Stake joins the program. Who will be the starting quarterback this season? And what is his reaction to the hullabaloo over Zach Wilson's 
lack of captain status within the media, is that a thing for the coach? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops is in Stockton. Lock the doors. Listen to Cougar pregame live at 7 Eastern on BYU Radio with the game an hour later. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, a man who had the great privilege of speaking with the head ball coach of BYU football just recently. And there's a lot to talk about with BYU football, right? Zach Wilson in the draft, why he wasn't a captain initially, how good of a leader he is, who the starting quarterback will be this fall, spring balls around the corner, new hires on the offensive line and, okay. and uh, linebackers. So, right. yes, here's my conversation with Kalani Sitake on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Kalani, it's just us talking. So uh, in 195 days, you're going you're gonna to play Arizona at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Hopefully there's like 80,000 fans there. That would be awesome. So go ahead and just clear it up. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Go ahead. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, the, the, the best one that wins the job will be uh, taking the snaps from center. And, uh, you know, the fortunate part for us is we have a bunch of guys that can do it. And I have a lot of confidence in all of them. So uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, someone will emerge by that time. Uh, until then, we're going to give them as much time as possible uh, to compete and, and win the spot. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, a winner of, of that is announced after spring ball, and then it gives the guys sort of the summer to rally around that guy and prepare. Do you think that this will go into fall camp, or do you plan on naming a guy after spring? Um, you know, I, I don't think we can um, put a, a really a, a timeline to it. I, th- I think uh, having a deadline, uh, the most important deadline is by the time we get to, to the first game. I, I think um, once we kind of figure it out, then then we'll know. I, I think maybe creating a, the opportunity for uh, for it to be kind of more down to a two-man race will probably be the deal when we get to, to camp. But even then, I, I can't. Predicted. I can't force the forecast it from now because uh, we want to give everyone an opportunity to to win the spot and and uh, you know there's a lot of different things that go into it. Which receivers are on the field, uh, the high level of, of veterans or experience that's blocking for them, uh, defense that they're going against. Uh, well, that's just us playing against ourselves, and so uh, we have to evaluate all that and then try to simulate a game type of um, uh, experience for them and see how they can. Uh, these these quarterbacks can perform under some pressure, and uh, I think they're going to do really well, though, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Probably get get them to raise their level of play and, and make everyone better. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun as well. We didn't see Jaron Hall play and, and barely dress uh, for games during the season, yet he's not playing baseball, so it feels like he's all in on trying to get the starting job here. He is, and I think he took some time to, to recover and get healthy, and he's really good right now. So um, I think going in the spring ball, we feel really good about his health and, and him being close to 100%. Um, his arm strength is there, and so it's going to be a really good competition with all, with all of them, and, and it's good to have them, all of them back and healthy and ready to roll. That's great news. Looking forward to it uh, coming up March 1st with spring ball. Speaking of quarterback, Zach Wilson and this crew of NFL prospects will provide a compelling pro day coming up in late March. What do you expect from that group that uh, certainly will provide multiple NFL guys? Well, I mean, I, I'm really excited about the guys and their opportunity. I'm glad that we're having a pro day, you know, and, and, and um, 
I know that uh, it, Zach probably wants to do everything. He wants to run, jump, and do everything. But I think the key is going to be him throwing the ball. But I, I think having our other other players get a chance in the pro day to, to show showcase themselves and, and and have an opportunity to go play the next level. I think we have a lot of guys in this class that that, that will be in NFL squads. And I think there's a lot of guys that are, you know, are underclassmen on our team returning that are going to go to the NFL as well and have that opportunity. So it's always good for the young guys to see uh, these outgoing seniors and, and underclassmen that have declared get their opportunity to play. And, and I'm just really excited for all of them. And I think Zach will bring a lot of attention. But it's not just Zach. You're looking at the three guys that declared early. Um, you know, they're, they're going to bring some attention. But there's a lot of guys that, that are in the mix that are kind of on the bubble of a draft pick to a free agent. And uh, that's a good place for our guys to be in. And and it uh, shows a lot of the improvement and the things that we've done as a program to develop these young men into the, the caliber athletes that they are right now. Yeah, win and get noticed. And Zach Wilson, Kalani, has a chance to be the highest draft pick in BYU history, which is just incredible. If he goes top four, he is. He's being talked about as high as two. What's that like for you to sit here and go, man, a couple years ago, we changed the offensive staff. We went and got Zach real quick. Um, he came, and then here we are talking about him maybe being a top-five pick. Yeah, I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I think we have a lot of guys that can have that type of year, and and um, it, only, it only takes a year, you know, to, right. to make your mark. I mean, Joe Burrows uh, proved that. Kyler Murray did it as well. And so I think um, Zach was the next one to, to step up and do it, and I think it, it gives a lot of hope and excitement for the rest of the guys that are playing on our team that – you guys, that, that I mean, not a lot of people were talking about Dax uh, last year, and 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 now he's a possible draft pick. And Brady Christensen's got a lot of attention. And so there's a lot of guys on this team that I feel can make it there, make it to the league. And uh, but I'm just really, really proud to be their coach, man. Just happy that they're they're starting to develop and perform the best of their their abilities, and and they're starting to find some even some hidden talents that they didn't think they had before. And a lot is their work ethic and their ability to get uncomfortable and find ways to grow and progress. One great year is exactly right. We're talking with Kalani Sataki, the head coach of the BYU football team here on BYU Sports Nation. You've added a couple of guys to the staff with Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos going to Baylor, which will be fun to match up with them this season, by the way. Uh, and Daryl Funk uh, on the offensive line and Kevin Clune at linebackers coach. What kind of impact have you seen from those guys already as you ramp it up for spring ball here in a couple of weeks? Well, just like what we thought they would be is a great connection to their players. Uh, I think Daryl's done a great job connecting with all the old linemen. And I think they're, they're going to be a, a really good group for us that we need the old line to be functioning well in order to have time for the quarterbacks to compete and get the best one on the field. Uh, but, you know, I've been really pleased with, with his presence. Brings a lot of uh, energy, but he brings a lot of experience that uh, I think will be valuable to that room and valuable to A-Rod as an offensive coordinator. And then Kevin Clune's been around. He was here last year as a, as a volunteer. Um, and, and now, you know, he's, he's here hired. We hired him. He's got tons of experience as well, uh, calling plays on defense and, and, uh, being a coordinator. And so I've known him for a long time. Maybe I and I worked with him when he was in Southern Utah and then seeing him, uh, coordinate a lot of different schools. Uh, I think it's been, it's going to be valuable for us. And I think both those guys bring tons of experience and value to, to the offensive defensive staff. And uh, I think it will make us a lot better get our, our guys to perform better each of the position groups and, and keep things rolling just like we had in 2020. Spring ball coming up uh, in a couple of weeks here. What do you hope to accomplish other than develop the quarterbacks? 
Yeah, develop everybody. Yeah, and and just have great competition. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to just play a lot of football, and in order to find the best quarterback, we have to play a lot of eleven on eleven football, and and um, probably take a break from the eleven on eleven by playing seven on seven. So, I see the quarterbacks throw the ball, but we need to see every position group um, improve, and have uh, some of these younger guys that people haven't heard of allow them to get have an opportunity to perform and compete and then I, I think we'll be able to develop a lot of depth uh, last year we were able to get a lot of guys valuable reps in game time uh, game time uh, situations and um, you know played a lot more reps than they've had in, in years past and so I think we've got a deeper team even though we've lost a lot of production um, from last year we, we return a lot of guys that have played in, in football games and that's going to be huge for us going into this season in 2021 but it's going to be great for us going into spring ball as well with a lot of experience and veterans returning. And you returned some uh, return missionaries, uh, you know, led by Dallin Holker, uh, most notably who played as a freshman in 2018. We've talked about this a little bit before, and you've addressed it publicly where you've said, hey, ideally they kind of develop for a year physically and then we throw them in. So is your hope that you don't have to use a return missionary per se the year after their mission physically? I think things are different now, um, even on missions, you know, where, where the missionaries are, are allowed to actually work out now and, and, and do that daily. I thought they did that the whole win. time, Kalani. <laughs> i just kidding. But we asked some of the other schools, I think that's all they do is work out and get stronger. But, you know, I think that they made a change where missionaries could actually work out every day and get that hour in. Compared to when I went, it was only on P-Day that you could work out and and so I think the, the, the return to the field can be a lot quicker, especially if we're really smart with how we when we bring them back. And uh, we've been able to gray shirt some guys and kind of push them in, into, into the weight room and get get that uh, transition back. And, and it's it's sped up the process, kept them healthy. Uh, but for the, for these guys, guys like Dallin Holker and others, I think they're going to come in just ready to roll. Uh, I anticipate them coming in ready to roll. And the, but there's other positions that will need Guys, we need to be careful with their, with their um, transition from, you know, knocking on doors. Well, I don't even know if they can do that anymore, but from uh, proselyting to being a football player. And, and so it's really individual when it comes down to it. Yeah, and I suppose it depends when they get home, too, because you have some guys that are already there working out, so they certainly have a better chance than the others, it, it would seem. Okay, you added South Florida two more years, so four games, uh, you know, from 2019 to 23. What did you think of that extension? And were, are you hoping that Tom Brady shows up to the season opener next year in Tampa? <laughs> I'm hoping we have some guys on that, on that team that they can show up, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I, 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 uh, I'm excited about that, that, that matchup. I know we, we want to play that game again, especially out there. And so um, to have that opportunity to play them, I mean, they're a good team. And, and I think we've got a, a win streak started in Florida now and we can build on it. That's right. That's right. The first win in Florida in program history. That was a big one in the bowl game over uh, UCF. Okay, it's been a couple months since 2020, about you know two or so since the bowl game. What's been some of your takeaways from the magical season that was 2020? I've seen a lot of progress as a program and then and as a team. I mean, the guys, you know, the pandemic was 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 a little odd because not not a lot of uh, fan involvement, and we get a lot of strength from them. So I think that would just be an added boost for us this year. 
Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the basketball team. I'm watching all BYU sports and how, how the fan base has been so electric in the past. And we're kind of missing that a little bit. And so you'll see the teams rally around each other. And then they find some things about them where they're not just depending on the fans anymore to, to create momentum. They're creating it on their own. But imagine when the fans are there to help speed up the process. Because uh, our, I know, speaking for the, the athletic department, uh, look at our student athletes. They love our fans. They love playing for them. And it's, it's a, it's a, I love the interaction that all our teams have with the fans. And it makes a difference. I mean, I, I look at the Gonzaga game that our, our men's team played, uh, was it last week or so? And, and I think I think the fans would have made been a difference maker in that one, especially at the beginning of the game to start. And so, when that when that gets added back in, I think that's probably a little bit more of a boost than than people would imagine, especially here at BYU. And then the the the, the great part about it right now that we're experiencing is that the teams depending on each other. So I think it's going to be an even more enhanced experience for everyone, players and fans included, where we can get the the, the stands full. Yeah, it's going to be really special. Uh, you know, in week two, Utah comes to Provo. Hopefully we have fans, as many as possible, hopefully a full stadium. You know, who knows how this is going to play out the next uh, six months or so, but that would be incredible. And, Kalani, you go from a schedule where, listen, you were just trying to put together a schedule. You played a schedule. It was incredible. 11-1, and you finished in the top 15. It was awesome. Now you go back to, uh, you know, the more traditional schedule this year with – an increased number of Power Fives, seven Power Fives. Is there anything you have to do differently to prepare for a schedule that is notably tougher like that? Well, I think we go into every game expecting to play all 60 minutes uh, with our with our top guys. And then, uh, you know, I think I've been really quick as a head coach to, to pull the starters out of the game, especially this last season, because I thought it was, it was just really valuable to get our um, our younger guys' experience. And so we were able to do that so many times this last year where, we, you know, that, that, that comes maybe a, a couple times, a few times in the season, normal years. And, and so that, I think that's going to be really valuable for us. But, I mean, imagine the yards that Zach could have thrown if, if, if I would have just kept him in there the whole entire time and if we kept staying aggressive and throwing the ball. So I think uh, we just have to be ready to, to do that, you know, and going into this season and, and not, in you know, we have to expect to do that like we do every year and every game. And if we end up getting a big lead and, and having a dominating performance, and I'm going to pull guys out and put our backups in so they can get that valuable experience to help them help this program move in the, the way that we want it to. We're talking with Kalani Sitake, head coach of the BYU football team. Kalani, uh, tis the season to pick at the draft picks. It's just what happens, right? Zach Wilson recently was, uh, I guess, criticized for not being named one of the primary eight captains for on offense, although he was part of the leadership council and given the C on his jersey. We know he's a leader, but what would you say about Zach and that situation? Well, that happened, and I think that when we took all the, the, the votes – um, it ended up coming up when we had the captains. The rest of the team decided that that they needed that we wanted Zach to be a captain. And so he ended up being a captain because the the leaders on the team recognized his leadership value, and and that was important to them. And and you know, not a lot of underclassmen get voted captain. I mean, I was voted captain to, on my senior year. So uh, I, I think it's 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 uh, we have a lot of leaders on this team, and a lot and obviously a lot of upperclassmen. And last year's team, and so uh, if you're if you're one of those leaders, it's not. I don't think it's limits. Uh, we're limited to. If I could have, I would have had twenty captains because that's the type of leadership 
we had on this team. There's a lot of guys that didn't get that C on their jersey that were great leaders for us. And there's a lot of different ways to lead, but he's definitely a leader of our team. So I, I think right now in the NFL, there's a lot of people that are trying to pick apart why you wouldn't, wouldn't like somebody, you know, so they can go ahead and do whatever they want. But they just have to remember when they when they put that out there in the universe that there's always someone that can prove them wrong. And Zach has a really good track record of proving people wrong. Indeed, he did throughout his BYU career. We look forward to the NFL draft and, of course, uh, spring ball coming up in a week and a half. And Pro Day uh, later in March, so a lot going on, Kalani. Congratulations on the success of 2020, the new hires, and uh, thanks for the time, as always. Appreciate it. Go Cougs. That's Kalani Stocky on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Hey, so, we know the starting quarterback so now, we right? we know that it's going to be Soljay Mayava. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be the guy um, who performs the best and... Uh, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Coach yeah, speak, coach we, speak, coach speak. We learned a lot um, yeah. there because Jaron is not playing baseball. He's all in on trying to win this job, and that's great. Um, I, it is interesting to see how far they'll let it go. So they won't name one after spring. Remember, when Max Hall was competing with Cade Cooper and Brendan Gassens, they named Max the starter out of spring, and then Cade Cooper transferred. So if BYU did something like that now, I wonder if a dude would transfer. But they'll, they'll keep that going into fall. Um, and we'll discuss coming up, like, when you think we think BYU would name one. But there's a lot going on with BYU football. In a week and a half, they start practice. We're back. Spring football. Which is, to me, I joke with this, the second most popular sport at BYU. So it's not third or fourth behind? It goes football, spring football, men's basketball, and then then there's a good debate about what's next. And I hope that all of the quarterbacks in the running understand at this point that they all are very capable of playing based on what the injury history has been to the quarterback position over the last decade for BYU. Luckily, it didn't happen last year. And that's, Big that's part why of BYU, BYU goes great. 11-1. and one. Yes. Okay, coming up, the newest deep blue on men's hoops assistant, Cody Figger. And BYU women's basketball, interestingly enough, owns a winning record against Gonzaga at home. Will that trend hold tonight against the 16th-ranked Zags? This is BYU Sports Nation. Big game, man. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Big game tonight between two NCAA tournament teams. As of now, number 16, Gonzaga in the Marriott Center against BYU. Watch it at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. So, yeah, we do have hoops going simultaneously, men's volleyball as well tonight. Gonzaga, a team that's battling for a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament. They're firmly in the field. BYU is right now the last team in according to Charlie Cream and his bracket on ESPN. So it went over hey, to Zags. We need with, more uh, sources on the uh, women's right? side. We just have the one. We've talked about doing this, but then we're like, no, we don't have time to do this. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. And the women's side just started using that this year. They got rid of RPI. I can respect that. Yes. RPI stinks. Okay, BYU football starts spring ball March 1st. When do you think a starting quarterback will be named? Two weeks before the first game of the season, Amen. so mid-August. Perfect timing. Gives, gives the team two weeks to prepare for Arizona. BYU basketball is a six-point favorite, according to our friends in the desert, against Pacific on the road in Stockton. Will the men cover the spread tonight? Yes, I think BYU will. I know it was uh, covered at home, actually, uh, in double overtime, but I think on the road BYU will show up and play well, even though it's been 10 days. Yes. As you said, Pacific is not going to make 18 three-pointers against BYU. They'll make 20! 
I think it'll be a close game, but I think BYU ultimately will make some free throws and they'll cover that spread. BYU women's volleyball, 19 aces in two matches versus LME. Wow. When was the last time you saw that many aces? Uh, never. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if maybe Taylor Sander and his teams did it or no. Gabby Garcia Fernandez no. did something. No, it just no. you don't see that many aces in two contests. 11 uh, alone last night. The last time I played cards, I did. And the last time I watched the Reno Aces of the WNB. That's the last Okay, time. so... Uh, Actually, right. I haven't watched the Reno Aces. Perhaps I will. <laughs> All right. BYU women's basketball is... At home tonight, as we mentioned, they have a winning record against the Zags since joining the West Coast Conference in Provo. Five wins, four losses, though BYU has lost three straight overall to the Zags. Will the home winning trend continue tonight for the Cougars? Yes, BYU women's basketball will beat Gonzaga tonight. I think they pull off the upset. It was it was tight with two minutes to go up in Spokane where the Zags are tough to beat. BYU is going to win tonight. BYU erased a 14-point deficit in Spokane. They could not buy a bucket, yeah. tied it late. Then Gonzaga's best three-point shooter hit a couple of shots late, and they ran out of gas. Based on what I saw there, and the fact that BYU was a terrible matchup for Gonzaga, the size of BYU, Hampson, Gonzalez, just bad matchup for Gonzaga. I like BYU's chances. I think they're going to win again in Provo. With the inclement weather in Texas, would BYU baseball be better off playing in Provo? And we do have a picture of uh, Miller Park from this morning. Look at that. Just caked in snow. Well, the field heater is not on currently. It's white already to melt. If the field heater were on, then seriously, may- maybe it would be better. Because also there's running water and heat in the building at Miller Park. Pipes aren't frozen? No, it's crazy in Texas right now. We hope yeah. the best, seriously, for everyone that is dealing with these struggles in Texas. Maybe it would be better that BYU is hosting these games in Provo. Not really, though, because on Saturday it's going to be 56 okay. in San Marcos. And then when BYU plays UT next week, it'll be as high as 74. Melt the snow. Yeah, that'll be fine. No more week. frozen pipes. Everybody they'll, get they'll their be, power back on. Good next week. Top 10 men's volleyball matchup tonight with the Antelopes of Grand Canyon, the Lopes, and the number one ranked Cougars. Jeremy, it was a Thursday night when BYU lost to UCLA in that weird season opening match. Don't you dare bring that back up. Are we afraid of another Thursday loss? No, we aren't. No. BYU will win tonight. <laughs> Sweep. It's not going to be close. It could be close. Grand Canyon's a uh, rising power. Yes, I know, but yeah. they talk a lot of trash, and I know that BYU has taken it personally with Grand Canyon. Pepperdine was close last week. I think Grand Canyon's as good as Pepperdine. <sighs> I just want BYU to dominate tonight. It'll be fun. I like these two teams. Okay, coming up, prop picks. And Cody Fieger's Deep Blue. If you haven't seen it, you need to. The dude has impacted a lot of people, and it's been fun to watch all of the former players sound off about this guy. Deep Blue up next on BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, get ready for Cougar Hoops in March with a chance to win one of five BYU basketball fan packs. That includes an autographed basketball, Roku to watch the Cougs, official team shirt, poster, and more. Go to BYUSN.com for details. Giveaway runs through February 24th next week. BYU Broadcasting employees and relatives are in Ellen. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B in Provo, Utah. We now turn our attention to BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Feger, who aspires to one day be a head coach. And frankly, Jerem, we both think that he will be. In fact, he was a serious 
contender at Utah Valley when Mark Pope left to come to BYU. Cougars, fortunate still to have him on staff in Provo, and his path here has included some unbelievable mentors. This is Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. I was the guy that's done every single job that there has been. I've done tickets, I've done travel, I've done every single part of college basketball, and then I've just kind of built myself up from there. You know, he worked under Rick Majerus, and anybody that knows Coach Majerus knows how demanding that position is, and he did it as a manager. From the first day I met him, you, you could see how hard of a worker he was to become a coach. Of all the qualities that Cody has, his integrity is, is beyond reproach. He's all in. That guy puts his heart and soul into coaching and making the team just a better program. He cares about the players. If you ask any any of the players on the team, they know how much that he loves them and cares for them and spends time for them. He can get on them. He can joke with them. He can challenge them. He can push them. And they trust him and they like being around him. I can tell he actually cares about you as a as a person, and he'll sit down and just talk to you. I mean, he won't even be about basketball sometimes. He just wants to see how you're doing. And stuff like that really just shows that, okay, it's bigger than basketball. I mean, they don't really care about me just because I can help them win games. Like, they care about me as, as a person. And Coach Figure is a perfect example of that. He knows what each guy needs, and he is able to get that out of each of those players. He's able to know what to do in order for that player to respond and execute the way that he believes that player can can play. You know, I told her my goal was to be a college coach at the end of the day, and, you know, that we'd be traveling a ton, and it would be hard on family sometimes just with how much I'd be gone. And, and I'm going to break here and say that no, he did not warn me <laughs> of any of these things. I was very I new to, to the sports world, and I had no idea what I was getting into. I did know a little bit because he was gone all the time, but I really enjoyed spending time with him, and I got to hear about his passion, and he had such a passion for basketball right from the get-go, and a passion for all the players and the coaches and the things he was learning, and he made really good friendships and relationships right away. So. It was really fun to see. Whenever you talk about Coach Figure, you got to start with his wife, Danielle, who is so extraordinary and really keeps him in check. Cody walks through the halls of the Marriott Center and the Annex and has all this respect from everybody. But I think he goes home and Danielle puts him in his place, which is really a gift. And then his children, Izzy and Drew and, and Anna, uh, his newborn, they spend a lot of time in and out of the office, and they're fantastic. And the way that his family has been a part of this program is really exciting. Anna was supposed to be born in early November. Oh, yeah. I was taking a recruiting trip, thought no big deal of it. We were going to be back because usually every time she's had a baby, it's been normally like right around the date or right after. The recruiting trip was October 23rd and uh, left early in the morning. I turn on my phone and then I get a text from Danielle saying, hey, just a heads up, I'm going to the hospital right now. Obviously, my panic starts to set in. It was all happening in the middle of the night and I have the two other kids at home, so I was lucky that I have a friend who lived close by who was willing to come help. And then I get on my second flight from New York to Salt Lake and I'm just, you know, hoping the whole time everything's fine and nothing's going to happen until I got there. <laughs> I was about 30 minutes after Anna was born, and so Danielle was 
great with it. To me, I'm sure she has other insight for you, but she's a trooper. She's tough as nails. <laughs> it's all very unknown territory for me. So I just, I want him to be happy and I want him to reach his goals and I'll help him however I can to get there. <laughs> My goal is to be a head coach in college, going to camps as a young kid and then, you know, starting out with Coach Majerus at Utah. I just, the wins or losses or the relationships with players, competition, being with the team, all that stuff, it's something that, you know, I lo really look forward to and I love the game of basketball. Cody Feger, the deep blue feature BYU basketball assistant coach. And Mark Pope is right. He does command everyone's respect because of everything that he does and means to the program. He's Mr. Consistency. Yeah, he's personable, and uh, he's a player's coach. Uh, you always need a player's coach. You need someone that the players can go to and really have a conversation with. Ideally, it's everybody, but that, that's not always the case. And uh, people like him. You can, on Twitter, uh, yes. by the way, like 20K views just – Awesome. Um, and frankly, I was a little surprised by that number with this story, which is awesome. It's more than I thought. I didn't even expect that much for Gideon. I thought it'd be like, okay, this one's going to explode, but I didn't think it would be like 80,000 views. Right. So you never know which one's going to land, and this one has landed as well. People can relate to Cody. And a lot of his former players have weighed in and said, yeah, he's awesome, love Cody, that kind of thing. Like Kyle Collinsworth, Skylar Halford, and those guys. Pretty cool to see that reaction. Jake Toulson said, I've never heard him make an excuse except for when the Green Bay Packers lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, coming up, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, at least this one anyway. And our prop picks for BYU men's basketball at Pacific. Jeremy, am I going to spin the wheel of consequence this week? Probably not. I keep looking. This is BYU Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. There is a podcast. You can download it. It's free. Once you do, you can subscribe, rate, and review it. Prop picks for BYU men's basketball at Pacific tonight, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. I'll start with number one, Jerem. More rebounds tonight. Yep. Lauren Gustin for BYU women's basketball, one of the best rebounders in the entire country, or Caleb Lohner and Gideon George combined for BYU men's basketball. Oh, it's 12.9 versus 9.9. I'm going with 9.9. Ooh. I think it'll be a big rebounding night for George and Loner. Because Pacific's going to miss a lot of three-pointers? Because rebounding. Well, okay. I also think it's a tough matchup with Jill Townsend and the Worth sisters with Gonzaga and Lauren Gustin. I trust in Lauren Gustin's tenacity, grit, ability to what get the she, basketball. Riley Nelson? So I'm going to go with Lauren Gustin here to hit her season average and just eke out a win there. Okay, number two, who will be BYU's second-leading rebounder? I'm going to go with Richard Harward. Heard of him. He is the second-leading rebounder on the team right now. It just depends on how much he plays and if it's a good matchup. So I'm hoping Richard Harward sees the floor a lot tonight. I'm going with the third-leading rebounder on the team, which is Alex Garcella. Mm. He's going to get some strays. He's going to wander. <laughs> wander rebounds? A couple, couple straight cats coming his <laughs> way. Number three. This one's so random, and I love it. Who will score the final points 
or point for BYU? Brother Trevin Nell. So I feel like this game's going to be close and BYU's going to need to make free throws and the ball's going to be in the hands of the point guard. I'm going Alex Barcelo here to make some free throws late in the game and score the final points. Those are your prop picks presented by Bodyguards. Our question of the day. Is it time to start talking legitimately about Zach Wilson as the number one pick in the NFL draft? In response, our elite voice no. today presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Patty underscore Rick 23 on Instagram. He says, it's always time to start talking, but you may want to gently place the blue goggles on your face when you do. Oh, Zach Wilson is the number one pick? Uh, yeah, that's totally going to happen. Says the massive blue goggles. From Mark Schlereth and Joe Theismann and Eric Galco and, hey, even Urban Meyer said he might be deserving of the number one pick before he became the Jaguars head coach. Urban Meyer's not even coached a game in the NFL yet. <laughs> Can you imagine saying. if Urban Meyer took Urban, Zach Wilson? Urban Meyer comes in one? and takes a BYU guy. And he's like, there's no way. I was the Utah coach. I knew you were a Utah guy from the beginning. We should have gotten it right the first time. I'm getting it right now. The price is wrong, <laughs> Urban. Yeah, that, there's. listen, just based on it being Urban, there's no oh, way. Oh, goodness. No, hey, listen. If I was the Jaguars, I would still take Trevor. Like, I love Zach. We know Zach. I would still take there Trevor. There is forgiveness there if Trevor Lawrence doesn't pan out. There will be zero forgiveness if they take Zach Wilson yes. and it doesn't work out. And who you play, that's interesting, too, because, like, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, you didn't play anybody either. FCS, mm. you know what I mean? Come on. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Uh, mine goes to BYU Photo. Check this picture out. They uh, posted it. Keep the vision. Oh, that's awesome. There's a triple block up, and you can see the BYU coaching staff of Sean Olmstead, Devin Young, and Micah Naone through the block. That's incredible. It's amazing. Work. Nate Edwards. He nice showed job, up to, Nate. He showed up to the game the other day, and I was like, Nate Edwards here, everybody. This is a big game. Nate and Jaron Wilkie getting it done with their team. Uh, my rise and shout-out goes to Kennedy Eschenberg, who made, like, this miraculous return from a knee situation, like, three weeks earlier than we thought she was, and she was monumental in the wins for BYU last night and the night awesome. before. Our thanks to today's guest. Head football coach Kalani Satake. Started Dennis Petta. No time. For Jeremiah I'm Spencer, shout out to Austin Ainge. We'll see you tonight for BYU women's basketball against number 16 Gonzaga at 8 Eastern. And BYU men's volleyball at 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.